On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Miami Heat in a game. <laughs> it was a game, but it came, but a big question stems from it. Should the Mavericks start Jalen Brunson? Yeah, and coming up next, we'll figure out who showed up more tonight, Dwight Powell or JFK Jr.? <laughs> I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Moments ago, Luca in the huddle. He does a little bit of everything for this team. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, <laughs> media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network as I compose myself here. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The QAnon quotient, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaiah? Don't you ever associate me with that. <laughs> Don't you ever put that in my title. What are we doing? Some people literally just skipped ahead until the start of this pod right now and didn't hear the opening. Oh, so you got to go back to the opening if you skip to the now. The cold open is a must listen today, I would have to say. I made a joke, uh, and that's what Nick's laughing about. But uh, no, <laughs> um, the Mavericks played a game, and um, I guess and they did show up uh, more than uh, JFK Jr. did. The Dallas Mavericks lose 110 to 125 to the Miami Heat, who are just, I mean, they are playing incredible basketball right now. Uh, we'll get into all that today but before we do let me tell you this episode of locked on maps is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving community since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center a big thank you to our friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it all right mavericks dropped this game but a big question stems from it one of the biggest problems the mavericks have had this entire season uh, this entire season of what six, seven games now uh, is really bad starts, really slow starts to to the first quarter, really bad starts. Can't get anything going. Can't figure out what's going on. And the Mavericks, by necessity, because Kristaps Porzingis was out again, missed his fourth straight game. We'll talk about that. And the Maxi Kleba was also out, missed. Uh, you know, Max Kleba missed the game. So the Mavericks were without their best two bigs on the roster by a pretty decent margin. But Jalen Brunson gets the start instead. It, they start Luca Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. They start those five guys. And all of a sudden, the Mavs just look different on offense. Now, they were hitting some threes. The Mavs started the game 6 of 12 from three. And so that was a big difference in the first quarter. But I think that the, the playmaking that Jalen Brunson brought to the starting lineup, which we've all been saying for years, let's get a secondary creator next to Luka Doncic. Everybody's been saying it, even the Mavericks themselves. But they actually did it, and it... it it, they we saw the benefits in the first quarter at least yeah for sure I and mean, you know they got off to the you know fast start it's kind of worried about this game as far as you know Miami had the you know best defense in the league going against yep. the worst offense in the league I'm like are we going to score 70 in this one game one of the worst offense <laughs> okay yeah one of the worst offenses in the league and I'm like are we going to hit the 70 mark um that just it was the recipe of uh, yeah but um Brunson added a, a layer to this I I think we even have some quotes maybe we could throw up of, um, you know, Kid and Luca talking about this after the game. And I thought Kid's quote talking about Brunson as the secondary guy playing with Luca and kind of what he brought to that lineup, I thought it was super telling. 
Yeah, I think, again, being able to have a, a second ball handler out there is going to help him. They were picking him up full court. They're going to make him mark. They're just trying to, you know, wear him down. And I told him to, you know, let Brunson bring it. Let Brunson start the offense. The ball is going to find you. Um, and so let you know, other guys. And that's just another way to rest, too, because he can't do it. As, as good as he is, uh, he can't be involved in every possession. He just won't make it for 82-game season. So um, I thought Brunson did an incredible job tonight. Yeah, they have to try it. They have to try something else. They have to experiment. And I, I applaud Kid for experimenting and trying stuff like this and, and putting putting Brunson in the in the starting five. And the one interesting thing that he said in there was that Brunson is out there so that when the, the Heat were doubling Luca, when they were picking him up full court, half court, that Brunson can bring the ball up. He can exert some of that energy so Luca doesn't have to because, and this was Jason Kidd's quote, he won't make it through 82 games doing yeah. that and doing everything. I found that very interesting. I There are layers to this question or to this answer that Kidd gave. And I I think, you know, it's a reminder too. I, I think there's a, you know, maybe if a newer basketball fan is watching the game or whatever, and you're like, hey, what's the biggest, what's the big deal? Like you see somebody inbound the ball and they have the ball on the other end of the floor and the you know the other players on the other end they're just bringing the ball up but somebody's like full court pressing them and they're like slow they're having to back it down and go side to side and, and like i feel like if you're newer to watching basketball you can see that and you're like oh, what that is why why are they even doing that like what does it even matter it's just like it's the slow game right it's like you do that and it causes them eventually over time you're putting more and more effort on your legs and more energy just to get the ball up the floor and it doesn't seem like a big deal at the the first few times but it adds up after a while and just him talking about that he told Luca let let JB bring the ball up that will save your legs that will save you him admitting the 82 game thing too of like hey you can't be involved in every single possession and I think that's so like this is the whole conversation why that's happened is there has to be another guy next to Luca that we can give Luca a break at times to run the offense to create some things. So, and we we got a glimpse of that with Brunson tonight. And this is something Luca agrees with too. This is something Luca also wants next to him. He wants to see someone like this. We've seen Luca in the past on different teams, you know, Sergio Yule and with, with other players in in Europe. Dragic in and Euro, Euro basket. Dragic, yeah, we've seen him work with secondary creators, and it's worked really well. It's something he's open to, and he said so after the game. Yeah, I think it's good, you know, uh, as long as we have more people that create, uh, I think he did a great job, not just creating, but scoring, uh, you know, uh, I think it gets low off of me uh, to bring the ball up, so I think he, he did a great job. Yeah, it, it's something that Luca wants, to take the load off of me, is what he said there, which I found very interesting. And yeah, it's, it's true. And it also helps the offense. We also, you're able to, if they load up on one side and try to stop Luca or slow Luca down, they can swing it around to the other side to Brunson. He can run a side pick and roll, or he can run, you know, a give and go or a dribble handoff or something like that on the other side. And then it opens up a bunch of stuff for the offense. So I thought that that was great. Obviously hitting the threes helped. The Mavericks have just been, I mean, absolutely brutal from three to start the season and still like certain Mavericks are Brunson is hitting. Uh, Maxi was hitting. Frank was hitting. <laughs> there was, uh, before tonight, but there's just been certain Mavericks that just can't hit the broadside of the barn from three. Finally, Dorian went two of four in this game, um, but yeah, it's it's been rough going um, for the Mavericks to hit some threes. Yeah, well, going back to Brunson in this game, 25 points for Brunson. Started, played 30 minutes, 10 of 13 from the field, two of two from the three-point line. When you have that efficiency from that spot, 
Like that's huge for this team. I mean, they were clearly the two best offense players on the team. Luca at 33 tonight, but you look at Brunson. I mean, he was a minus three in this game. I mean, that's the best plus minus outside of you know Boban who only played well, two minutes. Yeah, ago. but plus three in a game they lost by you know 15 is is huge, right? Yeah, well, well minus three, and but still, oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, but that just shows that it works, and, and whether they start together, whether they end the game together, that that can be up for debate, but. I liked it. I, I think it's something that they've struggled, like you said, you know, going into this, you know, conversation that they've struggled to start the games. They struggled, you know, it's been super clunky and slow, but they they had a rhythm tonight. And to have that second guy next to Luca, I feel like you almost have to continue to roll that out right now and and suck it up defensively. Because my hesitation was, all right, well, if you're gonna start Brunson, then that means Tim's probably still starting too. And now you have two guys that struggle defensively because Tim's just not great defensively on the wing. So it's like, all right, well, depending on who you go against, can you go against that with two guys who struggled you know, on defense? But at this point, you just need to get your offense back on track. So I'm all, all for it. Like, <laughs> let's start Jalen Brunson. Yeah, the Mavericks in this game finally had an offensive rating above 110. They had not done that so far this season after averaging like 116 points per 100 possessions last season, which is an incredible number. Uh, they finally got to 115.2 points scored per 100 possessions. The problem was the Heat scored 133 points per 100 possessions, which is just an insane amount of points for the Heat. They had such an efficient offense. And the first quarter, they struggled. The first quarter, they will get into it, but... They really had one game plan, and then they switched it up, I thought, after the first quarter, and then the Ma- they just took over uh, and were just knocking down their threes. So coming up, let's get into how the Mavericks actually lost this game. Why was it so bad? Where were the where were the struggles? And then we'll talk about, at the end, who stood out to us. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, after a game like this, or after a win, either way, you can go to McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Mavs is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up, a place where a bunch of Mavs fans or a bunch of Heat fans, there was a million Heat fans oh in, in the AAC to watch this game. And there was one guy in particular. I'm sure he's going to McDonald's after this because he must be tired. He was up the whole time. He was standing. I think he got more of a sweat in than Boban did in the minutes that Boban played this game. He can go to McDonald's. He can go and refuel and refresh. Get a McFlurry. Get a McDouble. Get a McChicken. Get uh, some McNuggets. All kinds of stuff at McDonald's. And local McDonald's, at your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Lockdown Mavs watch party? At a McDonald's, possibly, or a post game. We'll talk about that and uh, go to McDonald's, get some stuff. Ba do ba ba ba. I'm loving it. All right, Isaac Harris. Dallas Mavericks lose this game. They got out to a good start, but the rest of the game was just brutal. So the Mavericks start was great. We we've we talked about how it was because of Luca, because of Brunson, because of the you know the side pick and roll type stuff, because. They were able to hit their shots because they had Tim out there as well as Luca and Brunson and uh, you know and Dorian to hit some shots. Dwight, I don't think, added a whole lot to that, that starting lineup, but he was able to, every once in a while, he was able to create some space for guys to get open threes, which was appreciated. Uh, then after that, it just went downhill. And, and how did the Mavericks, how did it change for the Mavericks? Well, they didn't have an answer for Tyler Hero at all. And it's like, I mean, what? Is he on the level? Oh, stop. Come on. <laughs> it, yeah. 
I, I, you know, I was I was waiting for some tweets about that tonight. I, surprisingly, I did see somebody tweet out that TNT put a bra- uh, a, a graphic up yes, of yeah, that quote, I and I laughed about it. I'm like, yeah, Bleacher okay. Report tweeted that out afterwards. No, the, 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 the quote from Tyler Hero was that he that I, he thinks he's on the same level as Luca and Trey Young and John Morant, and so we've been having some fun with it. He played really well in this game. He hit a bunch of shots. Yeah. He had a bunch of shots in this. However, he was also being hunted on on defense, which actually puts him on the level of Trey Young. So, <laughs> uh, okay. If I think we've we've mentioned this before, Luca's defense. Yeah, it has become the the test of do you really watch basketball? Yep. This is one of those things because Luca has never been just a black hole on defense. Like it's horrible. It is. But Luca, his rookie year, he was getting close to there, but he wasn't great. He's improved, but he's never been like just the worst of the worst at defense. He's definitely improved, and he's improved to a point tonight to where, like, dude, you tweeted this, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it's it I resonated don't think it's with false. people. It resonated with people. He was the he was the best post defender on Bam, and he's not like Luca is not a bad defender. And if anybody says he's bad at defense. Then I think I think that's the we have the key. You can you can pull out the key and open the door, and you you can say the line of, "Do you watch games, bro? Like, do you, <laughs> you know that that line there?" But he he's gotten better defensively, and I mean it's I, I'm not like I don't disagree. I think I think you probably like were joking about this, but if we're talking about who's guarding, like if you're telling me right now. Who guarding Bam in the post and like the fate of the world is, you know, at at the hands of the Mavs playing defense on him, stopping him. And it's like anybody on the roster. I'm putting Luca. I mean, I'm putting Maxi first, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Part, yeah, part of this, part of this in the game tonight. Right. I, part of this. And I clarified it afterwards. It, you know, I, the tweet was we've reached the point in the season where Luca Doncic is the best post defender on, you know, on the Mavericks. And, it's large. It's in large part because Maxi was out, right? Maxi yeah, didn't yeah, play in this game, tonight, and so yeah. Maxi would be the number one player. But if it was just the players available in this game, I would probably pick Luca too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or maybe Omarui. Just... Maybe Omarui has enough energy that he could just <laughs> stick with him and hold him, and then he would. But like he held his ground against Bam tonight in the post, and it's like he that's he just... had this huge block against Bam, like in the fourth, third, or fourth quarter, late in the game. Yeah, and that's I mean, like he's never gonna win, you know. A, all defensive team. Like he's never going to get something like that. But when you have he's gotten these some votes though, <laughs> shout out Greg Logan, shout out to Greg Logan. But like when you have these generational stars like that, that are so good at offense, what keeps them or like what puts them in that next level is, can you be passable at defense? And Luca is, I don't think Luca is just passable. I think he's an above average defender when he's trying, when he's fully engaged, he can be a fully like a, an above average defender. And he was all engaged tonight. Like I thought this yeah. was the best effort, energy, everything that we've seen from Lucas so far this season. I'm kind of worried about the San Antonio game, just that he gave so much energy tonight against Miami. What happens, you know, tonight in San Antonio, but we'll see. I mean, I, I thought, yeah, energy wise, great game from Luca. So we bring this up about Luca, and yes, you you can have a good defense. Luca and Jokic defensively are both kind of the same, right? You can have a you can still have a good defense if those two guys are maybe like your fourth or fifth best defender on the floor. 
Yeah. Right. Like you can make that happen and you can be passable. It, it's it's different between those two guys and like a Trey Young or, you know, what James Harden was in Houston and, you know, stuff like that, where you're like, OK, these guys are just a black hole. You can hunt them. You can you can take advantage of them missing, making mistakes on defense and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The, the, the reason why we bring up this problem and that Luca was the, the best post defender is that the Maverick centers were just awful in this game and they just did not bring a lot. Dwight Powell and Willie Colley Stein were both pretty bad in this game. I was surprised that they didn't go to um, Bam Adebayo more in this game because it seemed like in the fourth quarter and then kind of like in the third quarter, they finally woke up and realized, oh, we could just post up Bam. Bam usually can't post up against most centers in the NBA, but yeah. he could post up against Dwight and he could post up against Willie and kind of get what he wanted. He had that, that fadeaway jump shot. He had just like a post and dunk. He had a bunch of just different things that he could get around the rim and get his own shot where they're, they're not used to him being able to do that, but he could get away with that against this Mavericks front. There, there was it, a, yeah. well, there was a play in the second half that it was, it showed, it was a little telling uh, moment there that Bam had the ball. Dwight was guarding him in the post. He started back down. He threw it out to Kyle Lowry. Lowry caught the ball and then was like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, threw it, threw it back down to him, and like that's what happens whenever somebody has the mismatch, and it's like the big who has like the you know the point guard on him, and it's like no, take get the ball back, you got this, like you, you got the you know he got the matchup, and like he did that with our center on him, and it's like yo get the ball back, no you yeah, got not this. a like, switch, not a mismatch, not a switch or mismatch, yeah, but. You know, it was Dwight guarding him. I'm like, okay, that tells me what I need to know that how the other team views, you know, Dwight. They even tried to, they threw out Boban out there and, it, you know, he didn't, <laughs> he just wasn't able no. to, to keep up. Yeah. But yeah, the Maverick centers could not keep up. And I, I know I'm hearing some of you in my head right now. I can hear you in the back of my mind. What about Moses Brown? Like Moses Brown wasn't going to stop him either, right? Moses but, Brown. Okay, here's my thing. I've made jokes about the Moses Brown thing, but at this point I was sitting there tonight saying, if Willie's struggling yeah. this bad, why not? <laughs> why like, not? just throw him out there. Like, our, the center options were not cutting it. So at some point, I'm like, I've made fun of it. But at some point, I'm like, hey, if we're going to watch a center struggle, then let's watch the, you know, the young 20-something-year-old Moses Brown struggle for a few minutes. The Mavericks just got really exposed with not having both Maxi and Kristaps Porzingis, right? I mean, that yeah. that was really, and we knew it. We we talked about it yesterday. We knew coming into this game, the Mavericks were going to get exposed in that way. Um, the other way, I thought that the, the Miami Heat changed their game plan that really changed the things changed things for the Mavericks is the first quarter. Jimmy Butler had what he finished with. He finished the first quarter with four with twelve points. He ISOed on every single player on the Mavs starting lineup at one point. He ISOed on Luca. He ISOed on Powell. He ISOed on Brunson. He ISOed on he ISOed on everybody, and that was that seemed to be their game plan to start. They're like, all right, let's just get Jimmy Butler going and let's get him some buckets early in the game. And he did. He scored twelve points, but it was twelve of their fifth their first fifteen points, and they just couldn't get anybody else going because they were focused on that so much. And then they would stop, and it would slow the game down. They changed it up to a more, we're going to share the ball. We're going to you know, yeah. fling it around the perimeter. They try to get other people involved. And then they started hitting their threes. And that was when it, was, it really changed for the Mavericks was when they started you know, dropping some threes. They finished the game 13 of 25, 52%. They only, they only took 25 threes and made 13 of them. That's 52%. They Incredible. Only, they only took 25 threes and finished with 125 points. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's telling. That's that's a yeah. stat right there. So, but that's really what changed the game. Kyle Lowry six of nine, dude. He had some like three. sidestep threes, step back threes tonight. That 
I mean, would have so. been nice in a Mavs uniform. Would have been nice. I do want to say this about Jimmy. 15 to 17 from the free throw line. I thought he played good. Game. I thought he played great defense. And as much as I like yeah. Luca in the post, um, I I'm like, no, can we not post him on Luke uh, on Jimmy? Yeah, not Jimmy like, Butler. Everybody like, else on the team almost. They, he posted Bam one time, and I looked over at Scott Jonathan. I was sitting next to, him, and I was like. Luca just took their center, their starting center, who's like maybe on some all defensive teams into the post. We yeah. couldn't do it on Butler. You're right. Luca has no care about Bam guarding him. It's like every any time, and Bam's really good defender. Yeah. And Bam, Bam guarded him really well that one possession. And Luca shot an air ball. And I had people tweeting at me some clips of Heat fans like, "Ah, oh, Bam put him in jail." I'm like, yeah, I really ain't watching this whole game <laughs> because, yeah, one time. But I, Jimmy plays great. I mean, he's a great defender overall, but he played great post defense on Luca and stuff too. So, yeah, good game by Jimmy. Coming up, let's go around the rest of the team. Who stood out to us? Who struggled? We'll talk about some of our game notes, basically, from the, this game against the Heat. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me quickly tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We love Thanksgiving. One of my one of my favorite holidays. You just get some food, get a bunch of food, you eat a little too much, and then you just lay down and watch some football, maybe some, maybe some poops. All of the good food, the treats, plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert, but maybe it's something that isn't so full of calories and so full of sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious, something to feel good about. I had a Built Bar at the Mavs game. I had the pumpkin Whoa. puff. They sent us that new flavor, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great bar. I love the puffs. There's a mystery flavor right now that you can get. You can order now mystery flavor. You don't know what it is. On their website, built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order. You can get that pumpkin bar that I had tonight. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. It's delicious. I did not regret eating it whatsoever. It was great. Go get some Built Bars at built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Also, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. It remains your number one spot for all basketball and, and football action this year, you can go in and bet on all kinds of stuff. You can bet. You could have bet on the World Series for the Braves to win and uh, laughed in the Astros' faces. You could have done that, but uh, the World Series is over. You can go bet on NBA whenever you want. You can go bet on the Christmas Day games. The Mavericks, five-and-a-half-point underdog to the Utah Jazz in Utah. That feels like it's a little – maybe that's not enough points <laughs> for the way the Jazz are playing, the way the Mavs are playing. It's a long way away, uh, but still. You can bet on all kinds of stuff. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Put down $100. bucks; they will give you 50 to use. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this game. Let's just go around, pop around. Who stood out to you in this game? We've talked about Lowry. We've talked about Butler. Um, we, we've gone through the Brunson, Luka. talked about our, our qualms with the way Dwight Powell and Willie Colley-Stein played. It was good to see Reggie Bullock hit some threes. Three of seven in this game. He, I thought he played some solid defense on the perimeter. The Mavericks, it feels like, he, still don't exactly know where to use him and when. It feels yeah, like. well, I mean, he's got it. He, you know, shot 43% from three tonight, but he's missing some wide open shots. And True, that's he just, still is. Yeah, and he's just got to make those. So, I mean, we love Reggie, but he's just got to make some of these shots. Some of them are literally wide open. They're not contested, and so... He's got to make those. He made them. You know, he shot the ball really well in New York last year. So I think that will come around. I'm not worried about Reggie Bullock. Um, just shout out to Frank Nelikina's confidence. Can can <laughs> I just get a little bit of that? Can I? I would I would love a little bit of that confidence because this guy, man, <laughs> he took 
a step back three on the right wing at one yep. point. And I'm like, whoa, what is that? But then my maybe my favorite play of the whole game that <laughs> Rick Carlisle would have would have benched him and probably just sent him home <laughs> if this happened, if Rick was here. And even though he made it, but the ISO play on Tyler Hero. Yeah. And I mean, I tweeted out the play and I was just like, Frank Nilekina question mark. Like what? And the confidence to take that shot, like it wasn't at the end of a shot clock either. It was just like, I'm going to ISO you out, do like a, a fade away from like the mid post area and then just buckets. I'm like, dude, ben- <laughs> Rick would have benched you so fast. <laughs> I mean, he would have just called like an intentional foul even yeah. after the make and just like get him out of the game. Rick would have spilled his coke in order to get Frank Nilakina <laughs> out of the game with that, with that play. But yeah, he does have confidence. He was, you know, he missed all five of the threes he took in this game, hit the two two point shots that he took, which they were both good, right? It was that pull up two that you just talked about, and then it was like a, a pump fake three, and then he stepped inside the three point line after the defender flew by him and took that that pull up two. Uh, so both of those shots were good, but his threes he all he missed all of them. But but here's the thing though, like I love Frank. I love the signing. I love like how he's yeah. playing. But if you're relying on Frank to be your third initiator, that's where there's an issue. It's like it kind of gets into what what I'm afraid of. The honeymoon phase for Frank is going to wear off because we're asking Frank to be more than what he should be. And it goes into the whole Maxi, Dory, and Brunson, all that stuff to where they're great in their roles, but then they when they get elevated – then they get the hate because it's like, well, why are you not doing all this stuff? And it's like, that's why I'm afraid with Frank that the more he plays this like third, you know, ball handler type of role and he's trying to initiate offense and all this stuff, he's going to become less efficient and his average is going to go down on three. And we're going to be like, well, dang it. He, he isn't very good. And it's like, no, dude, like if he <laughs> could play like dang, a, an he actual sucks again, <laughs> I know. But if like, if we can get him just more spotting up more, not off the, I don't want to see Frank doing off the dribble step back, you know, threes, that's not his game, but that's, that's what I'm afraid that it will. Yeah. Flip with still a little early for that. I feel like still a little early to get that kind of blowback, at least about Frank Nilakina so far. Yeah. Uh, I still do like the Brunson Nilakina backcourt. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Still talked about it yesterday, but uh, yeah, I still like it. Anybody else stand out to you? <laughs> I don't know if anyone else in this game. Tim Josh got, Green. Tim got hot a little bit there. And uh, when Tim gets hot, it's, it's lights out for the Mavs. But finished the game 5 of 15 from the floor, 4 of 13 from 3. Especially with KP and Maxi out, the Mavericks don't win a lot of games when, when Tim is inefficient like that. And, yeah, I, I think somebody could listen to that and be like, Tim, why did you shoot 13 threes and only 30, you only made four of them? Well, who else is going to shoot? It's like if Maxie's not taking spot up threes and KP's not out there getting his shots up, like Tim's got to take them. So I look at that. I'm like, dang, he missed a lot of threes. But I'm like, all right, well, somebody's got to take them. So shoot away, Tim. Especially since they were down for a lot of that second half, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're down by double digits. You have to try to you know get a comeback going. Um, the Mavericks did almost have a comeback in that fourth quarter. It was, they, yeah, st- close, they, yeah. they really started inching there. And then all of a sudden – with like five minutes to go, they take a timeout. They're down by like 13. I'm like, okay, they got to do something here. And then the mat, then the heat got in the bonus. Lowry hits another three. They hit it. They bam gets a dunk. And then it's just kind of over at that point. Yeah. Um, but they, they did try that. Brunson had a Brunson really tried at the beginning of that fourth quarter. He had this crazy acrobatic and one finish with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They got they got them within like six points, and and then he had two turnovers back to back right after that, and that's where 
that's that's a place where where Brunson tried to take over, tried to do a little bit too much, and then it was kind of all on him. But two turnovers and back to back possessions that may have sealed their fate. And it was a little early in the fourth quarter, but I think that that was a big turning point. Yeah, and I, I think we have to admit too, like I mean, Jason Kidd said this after the game that. He's like, I, I think the Heat are the best team in the league. Like, this is a really good yeah. team. Like, their closing lineup, Duncan Robinson fouling out could be the weirdest thing of this game. He, but, I, okay, I did not think a lot of his fouls were fouls. There was some weird stuff going on with that. <laughs> are some, yes, some weird stuff. But, like, their closing lineup of Jimmy and PJ and Bam with Lowry and Tyler Hero, like, yeah. that's a heck of a closing lineup. Uh, but add Duncan Robinson in that. Dwayne Dedman looked straight up like Joel Anthony from the press box. I was like... <laughs> Joel Anthony's still on that team, but they have a good team. They play really good defense, and I mean they're going to make a, a a playoff run. I think there's a bigger question I want to ask you of, you know, now this is Miami, Atlanta, Denver, the three best teams they've played. They've gotten smacked for the most part, and you know, at least the Mavs are four and three guys. You know, but you know they've they've won these games against kind of the lower opponents like. What are now that we're seven games in, do you have like a bigger takeaway? Do you have a dang like the Mavs really aren't on that level? <laughs> like they're kind of, they really are just middle of the pack. Cause if they went out tonight and beat the Heat without KP, I'd be like, okay, maybe we're kind of overreacted to the Denver game, the Atlanta game's first game of the season. Maybe they are a little bit better than what we thought, but they didn't. And it's like, all right, we've gotten smacked by all the good teams we've played. So. Yeah. Still, still too early to make overarching takes like that. The Mavericks still have not hit their stride from three. You got forty percent three point shooters like Reggie Bullock shooting like what twenty percent from from three right now. Yeah. So th- there's still some stuff they have to figure out. Jason Kidd, new system. Like I'm still gonna hold off a little bit of time before I say the Mavericks just have no shot. They're not gonna make the playoffs or or, some, no, or something. I'm not saying big, that something no. big like that. I'm not. I'm not going there just yet. Uh, but they're not gonna be like surefire contenders from start to finish, right? Like we already know that the Mavericks aren't that good. You're not confident that they're a top three or four seed in the West right now, right? No, no, I'm I'm not confident in that right now. Yeah. Could they, could they still be sure? Yeah, they they definitely still could. The West is the whole NBA is just weird right now. There's not a lot of teams that are giving me a ton of confidence right now. I will say this. I am worried about the game in San Antonio. I'm I'm worried that, that tonight on Wednesday. I'm worried that's a, a sneaky potential loss for Dallas, and then the fans are really gonna freak out. But the Mavs are four and three, and they're third in the West right now. Lakers are Lakers are playing the Rockets right now. Actually, the Lakers are losing to the Rockets right now. Oh, please let them lose. <laughs> uh, Suns making a big comeback, but yeah, uh, the West is just all up for grabs right now. Everybody's still trying to figure out who they are. There's a lot of change in the West, and so there's a lot of things to still figure out. There's some stride to hit. And then Porzingis, we saved it to the end, but KP misses his his fourth straight game. This is now a full week that he's been out with his back tightness, and I don't, I have nothing to add. It's frustrating. He, he's questionable. I think Kid said that he's hopeful for the game in San Antonio. I I have no update, and that's that. <laughs> I thought Tim Cowlshaw said it best on uh, Around the Horn today. What do you say? Porzingis, Simmons, one of them doesn't want to play. The other one never plays. Let's just do it and get it done. <laughs> hmm. I'm for it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. 
It, I mean, we can we can do all the conspiracy theory stuff we want. We can we can hit the button. We can hit the button as much as we want, but there's something going on. It's either he's injured or they're just holding him out for something. Dragic still hasn't played, so maybe there's something there. I mean, at least we're not New Orleans, right? At least it's not Zion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying I'm to find you. a positive. I know. I'm with you, though. I don't have anything else to add to this situation. There's, it's just weird. It's just weird. We went through this whole offseason where everybody, including us, first healthy offseason in a long time, all the optimism, and then first time he has lower back injury, he's out for a week. Not even an injury. Soreness. And and, and that that's the... I mean, I was talking to um, my dad tonight on the phone and I was telling him how KP isn't playing. And my dad's like, not even like that tuned into the NBA. And I, he's like, well, what's he out with? I said, lower back tightness. And he was like, oh, isn't that like the the thing teams say? for play? <laughs> The trade signal? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just saying like that. And, and I'm like, because, you know, we've seen that in the past with other players. We've seen it with Ben Simmons and, you know, Philly that if it wasn't that, I think fans would be a little bit more open to it. And, and it, I mean, we can't help to think that game that he left, Jason Kidd said after the game, oh, he's fine. <laughs> you know, like, and now we haven't seen him in what, four, four straight games. I'm losing count now. Four straight games. It's been a full week now that he's been out and we'll see against this. We'll see against the Spurs. If he comes out and he looks good against the Spurs, then maybe all is right in the world. But yeah, yeah. But I don't have a lot of confidence. There you go. Guys, thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. We will be back tomorrow for the post game against the San Antonio Spurs. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one fantasy basketball podcast on the planet, both on YouTube and on the podcast, free and available on all platforms. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. So, boom! Oh!